<clears throat> so uh, first reading is uh, Galatians. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Uh, the second reading is from uh, Philippians. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for Ola. Lord, we thank you for his place among us. And Lord, may you fill uh, his mouth now. Yes, May we hear the, your word through his servant, through your servant. Yes, Lord. Give us hearts to hear. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, church. This time last week, it was a different mood in the nation. And it's a real great time of reflection as, we, as we've seen the events unfold, the close of an era, the end of an era, and the start of a new one. And I was hoping that I wouldn't have to minister today, thinking, well, you know, the Church of England, there might be specific things that the church will want to be cascaded, so I was leaning on the reverend. And he said, well, it's a great time to talk about the queen because she's, she has a servant heart. She served the nation. Um, the message today is about serving one another in love. And the few statements I'm just gonna read out to you. You may know it, you may not know it, but just ponder on it. Reavers don't drink their own water. Trees don't eat their own fruit. The sun doesn't shine on itself. We ought to live for one another. The reaver does not drink his own water. And when we look at the life of the queen, her service to the nation, to her family, to the Lord, that's one thing you keep hearing. I think for me, what was really striking was the last images of her receiving our new prime minister. You could see she was frail, but what struck me was 
her commitment, the oath she made at the age of 21, to serve the Lord, however short, along her life. That she was going to serve the nation. And she did that right up until two days before she passed. And as we reflect, as we ponder on her life, let's not miss the moment. What is it of the queen's life that you want to take away and begin to embed that by the power of the Holy Spirit? A lot of people say she was stable, you know, she was dependable, she was always there. And sometimes we don't appreciate what we have until we lose it. We have the loyalists, the non-loyalist and all of that. But there's a central theme when you look at the life of the queen. She had a strong work ethic. I was watching one of the documentaries where um, one of her private secretaries said you, you, she, they would load her red box and by the morning, by 8 a.m., it's all, she sorted everything out and it's put it back on their desk. Now, a lot of people look at the glamour, the palaces and all of that. But the work that goes into it, do you know how many buildings she's opened? How many speeches she's given around the globe? But more interestingly, the, her time was in hers. It was nation duty first. The scripture says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour one another, Watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. It talks about freedom. You know, there's several words that we're familiar with, but what I tend to do is go back and check the meaning of the word. So, what is the meaning of freedom? According to Oxford Dictionary, it says, freedom is the power or right to act, to speak, or think as one wants. So to act, to speak, or to think. But he says, don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. We admonish to serve one another humbly. And that was something that characterized the life of the queen. She served her people. She went out of her way to make a difference. Um, I remember one of the tributes that was paid. It was the mother of the house of commons that said, when she was sacked as the, she lost her, but she was sacked and the queen invited her for tea. It wasn't in the glamour of her office. It was 
at our lowest ebb. Said, no, it's not about, I just wanted to say thank you to you. The natural man will think, well, you've done a rubbish job, you've been sacked. Good readance to bad nonsense. As we reflect on serving one another, and we look at the life of the queen, she took an oath at the age of 21. And she lived up to that commitment till the very end. She gave up her own ambitions, plans to serve the nation. So the question is, what are you willing to give up for the Lord? There are many people in this room, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, there were things that the Lord had put on your heart to do. But life happened, and you never got around to doing it. But the reality of it is, there's still that opportunity for you to go back and start doing it. For some people, you've been called to the place of intercession, praying for others. It's one of those that no one will see you do it. You might not get thank you from men or men or women, but he honors the Lord. What are you willing to give up? For some people, it's giving up the, the, tel the television program that they love just to spend time in his presence. Is that too much for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? For some people, football has become religion to them. There's nothing wrong with it. But if he starts to take the place of the Lord, for some people, that's what the Lord is asking of them. For some people, the Lord is asking them to give up that gossip. Some people, the Lord is saying, Give up the complaining, give up the murmuring, give up the strife. Now, the children of the queen knew that one day she would go, but the reality of it, they didn't know the time or the hour. And it was so refreshing to see Prince Harry and Prince William on the walk. Yeah. And I pray that the Lord will bring them together. So as a family, the issues that need to be resolved. So even as I speak, the Lord might be reminding you of one, two, three, four people that you just need to settle the scores. Children, don't take it for granted that you have parents. You know, it's interesting when you're growing, growing up as a child, there's certain things you see that your parents are doing, you think, oh, I can, do I, can, I, can be I can do this better. But until you become a parent, then you find out it's not that easy. Be thankful that if you still have parents who are alive, 
to appreciate them. If you have siblings, if you have close friends, value that. Don't take it for granted. Now, Harry had the Prince Harry had the opportunity of was invited to come and spend time with the Queen. Sadly, he declined it because he had other engagements. By the time he got there, she was no more. Who is that person in your life today, even in this church, that you might have had issues with over time? But God is calling us. It's time to serve one another with love and great humility. It says, Momo ye not as they murmured in the wilderness, and they were destroyed of the destroyer. For us to love, love is sacrificial. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Until we die to ourselves, we can't genuinely love. And we can't do it in our own strength either. It says, without me, ye can do nothing. The church, we are the church. And we need to start from home. Charity begins at home. The way we speak to one another. There'll be times that we would have issues with one another. But it's the way we speak. Let's correct one another in love. Because you might have a point, but the way it's delivered, the message can be lost. If you're dealing with a child who is rebellious, the grace to model Jesus. Because they, 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 they might not read the Bible. They might just be at that phase where the enemy is playing up with their mind. But we need to role model Jesus to them. And he brings us back to that place of dependence on the cross. Dependence on the Lord. And to be quick to repent. When we miss it, to go back to the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. He says, if you love me, you'd obey my commandment. Now, if we don't take time to read the word, how do we know what God is saying? It was said of the queen, she was a trusted confidant. Past prime ministers attested to that fact. They could share the deepest secrets of their lives and know that he stayed with her. Are you the kind of person that people can come to you and share stuff that they're dealing with and know that genuinely you will pray for them? You would uphold them? It wouldn't be like, ah, oh, did you hear? You know, I, I, you know, in the work environment, you hear things like, what's the gossip? And I just used to like, whoa, 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 what gossip? And what I noticed was people observe people. Like our dear brother shared, our dear brother Joshua, 
This pilot just looked at him. When you begin to allow the Lord to work in and through you, the love of Christ is sin. People are drawn to you. He didn't go around opening his Bible and sharing scriptures and sending texts and morning devotion, but there was something of Jesus. So the challenge for us is this. Paul the Apostle said, how shall we continue in sin and expect grace to abound? Why is it always about me? How I feel? What was said? How about how the other person feels? Have we ever considered that? One of my friends was sharing with me a few days ago, she sent a message to, some, to another friend and she didn't hear from this person. The WhatsApp didn't deliver, the text didn't get any response. She just happened to be speaking to another person, another friend, another mutual friend. And said, so, oh, didn't you hear that she passed? The lady had died. So she could have been holding that offense. Oh, I sent a message as she couldn't even be bothered to respond. But do you know what she's going through? It was said of the queen that she was loyal. She was resilient. She remained faithful to her, her late husband and family to the very end. When we read in the tabloids, the challenges of Prince Andrew, everyone was quick to throw him under the bus. But the queen was willing to still identify with, her, with him. There was one event, I think it was Westminster Abbey, that they both walked in together. What is it of Christ that we can look at you know, when you read the story of Saul, the king, towards the end, he left the Lord. He started dabbling and everything. He chased David from pillar to pillar. But what was David's response when he died? He tore his apparel and wept, saying, the Lord's anointed. He didn't say, oh, the guy that went around following, you know. He wasn't slagging him off. He still identified something about the Lord in his life. That's why we're called the body of Christ. Let's pray for one another. When people get it wrong, don't be quick to throw them under the bus. Because the scripture says that if we do that, we, he that think, thinks he stand should take heed lest he falls. Don't let this moment pass you by. As I'm speaking, there's certain things the Lord will be reminding you of. The people he might be bringing to your mind. There might be situations he might be reminding you of. Let's start from the family base. Let's start with 
us as a church, we are the church of Jesus. We're a family. Freedom talks about acts. Colossians 3 verse 17 says, Whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord. So whenever you want to gossip, as you prepare to gossip, just say in the name of Jesus, I'm just going to start gossiping. It says, whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord. Would you confidently cause division and mislead others in the name of the Lord? One of the hallmarks of maturity in the faith is how we handle situations. Now imagine if Reverend Seb or Tony came up and said, oh, Ola did X, Y, and Z. The fact that you trust them, you just go with the flow. But we're called to bring unity. By the time you said something about someone, whether right or wrong, when we come together to pray, to pray or to praise God or to worship, that unity isn't there, and the Holy Spirit is hindered. How we speak, Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Let your speech be seasoned with salt. That talks about being gracious. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, A gentle word turns away wrath. Let your word be seasoned with grace. There might be moments where you said things and you look back and think, I shouldn't have said that. But it takes humility to go back and say, I'm sorry I said this. It honors the Lord. Now, that's the reality of a sacrificial life. It's not about your comfort. It's not about how you feel. How, would, how does the Lord feel? Jesus is calling. How would it make the Lord feel? So our acts, how we speak, all on the freedom. The third element is our thoughts. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says, Whatsoever is true, whatsoever is noble, whatsoever is right, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think on these things. So when the thoughts come like they do, process it, filter it through this scripture. Is it lovely? Is it pure? Is it noble? Will Jesus be glorified? That's why Paul says, casting down every imagination 
and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The thoughts will come, but what do you do with them? One of the dealings of the Lord with me is this. I remember like my wife alluded, I'll be walking down the street and there'll be a litre, the Lord will be picked that up. That was peculiar to me. Someone else will walk past and no conviction. Then it got to a point where if people come and say stuff to me, they walk away and then I lose my own rest. Because what's happened is just dumb garbage on me. I shouldn't have allowed that. So I started filtering that. And there are many dealings that the Lord gives us opportunity but some of them we've missed it because it's all about us. Today's really about coming back to that place. It's about authentic Christianity. It's not about living to please ourselves because one day we will stand before the Lord and give an account of how we've lived our lives. And you don't want to leave that life and think, after all is said and done, you were known as a churchgoer, but you never really fulfilled the plan of God for your life. People had a, uh, they had a, they had a perspective or, or, or set pattern of thoughts about who you are, but God has a different one. You know, the, um, I'm trying to remember this group now, the Quakers, they made such a strong impression. They had a culture. They were business-minded. A lot of them were business owners. They never used a false scale. They were known for the integrity. So in the workplace, it's okay to be the, the odd one out, but standing up for Jesus. Because when we do that, that's how the world will know about Jesus. That if this person says this, be rest assured he's speaking the truth. Or where there's a situation, say, oh, if we call upon this person, if we genuinely want to know the truth, this person will deliver. Until you genuinely love God and yield yourself to him in totality, it will be difficult to love others. Now, the scripture says that we should love our neighbors as ourselves. But guess what? Some people just stop at loving themselves. And that's selfishness. Where it's all about you. So the Lord might be opening you, speaking to you and saying, look, why don't you help this person in the church? It can be done discreetly. 
The people that the Lord might be pressing on your heart to be a blessing to them. Why don't you do it? The Lord will be glorified. And that blessing will be blessed. Do you know that there's certain prayer points that people have? Or what people are praying about? We have the answer. Someone has a financial need and they're really praying and trusting the Lord. And the Lord might just be, yeah, why don't you bless this person? Or it could be somebody has a child care need and you're in a position to do it. Why don't you be a blessing? For some people, just being the listening ear. That when people have challenges, they just feel free. They can come to you and speak to you. Why don't you avail yourself and be that person and make a difference? Because the revival we're praying for, when it comes, people with diverse challenges, diverse backgrounds will be coming into the church. And we need to be ready. A wise man once said, it takes the anointing to get to the top, but it takes character to stay at the top. I've been around a lot of gifted people. And some of them don't have character. The way they speak to their spouse, the way they speak to other people, but they're anointed. They have, you know, amazing revelations and all of that. But it was said of the queen, she would stoop down to have a word. That even in Balmoral, the, lo- the neighbors, the locals, they knew her. So what is required of me? The first thing is to make a firm commitment to the Lord. He is the savior of many, but the Lord of few. Many people are born again. But Jesus is the Lord of few. And what the Lordship requires, it will stretch us. Sometimes you want to go to the right and the Lord is saying go left. Sometimes you want to really speak out your mind and the Lord is saying be quiet. When you're quiet, you're allowing his Lordship. When someone has done something that's really upset you and the Lord is saying let go of it. And when you let go, you're allowing his Lordship. He's the savior of many, but the Lord of few. He's the Lord in your home. He's the Lord over your career. Because sometimes I want to have this. I want this promotion. But is that really what the Lord wants for you? Because we live in an age and a time where it's me, myself, and I. Look after number one first. There's nothing wrong with being career-minded. But if it's not of the Lord, when all is said and done, what will be said? What, what, when your work passes through the fire, will it abide or will it be burned to ashes? Serve the Lord with joyfulness. 
Deuteronomy 28 verse 47. It says, because you've not served the Lord your God with joyfulness of heart for all the things he's done, then he begins to list the curses. So it's not enough to serve God. It's not about what he does for you. The people in worse situation, Pakistan, people lost their homes. Now imagine what it's like to be without clean water. Paul the Apostle, many times, where he was thrown down, he was whipped and all of that, but he carried on. In the prison, Paul the Apostle and Silas, they, were praised, they prayed and they praised God at midnight. Who does that? After you've been flogged, the Lord sent you on assignment, he didn't take care of you, you got in prison, you got flogged, and then he's now asking you to praise him. Nah. Stop it, Lord. <laughs> Stay in the word. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it day and night. And I ask for every young, you know, every young adult, teenager in this room, please forgive. If there's anything at all that your parents have ever done that upset you, for the sake of Christ, let go and let God. Proverbs 6, 16, 16 to 19 the seven things that the Lord hates, yea, hey, uh, six things that the Lord hates, seven things. The proud look, the lying tongue, the heart that imagines, weak, that, that imagines wicked imagination, the feet that's run swiftly to evil, false weaknesses, he that speaks lies, he that sows discord among the brethren, the one that causes division. The Lord hates these things. I'm not the one who said it. And make notes of these scriptures and go back and look at it for yourself. Use your tongue wisely. Because the power of life and death is in the tongue. If you've ever said things that were evil, degrading, condescending, Go back and say, I'm sorry. If there's an issue with a brother or sister, Matthew 18, 15 to 17 says, speak to the brother first of all, or the sister. If they don't listen, take two, one or two other weaknesses. If they still don't listen, then tell the entire church. But don't do the reverse. Don't tell the entire church first and then go back and take one weakness. And as we do these things, the very God of grace will abide with us. Count it all joy. James chapter 1, it says, when you fall into diverse temptations, Paul the Apostle says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Now he penned those words in prison. 
Bible historians have it that he was put in, in a sewage area, right? In the whole of the earth, on a platform surrounded with waste. Now, because he was a Roman citizen, he had the privilege to let down the lamp and the scroll and a pen. In those conditions, he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. So when you're fretting, oh, this bill hasn't been paid, that hasn't happened, uh, this hasn't happened. In the grand scheme of things, in the midst of that challenge, Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. I'm going to pray a prayer for us, over us. It's found in the book of First Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter 1. Verses 9 to 11, as I round up. Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruits of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. As I round up before we take the final song, I'm just gonna read out a few words that came during the prayer time, our pre-service prayer. The first one was, the image of a desert and a rock. Out of that rock, water was flowing. Well, there was someone with a flask, and they were thinking, oh, I've still got some water left. And the Lord was saying, and the Lord was saying, you don't have to. Esau. You don't have to be empty to refill. Keep on getting filled. Second one was as the deer pants after the waters. And the third word was don't look at what you have. The Lord is saying, I am the great provider. I will provide. There's a picture of Martha, uh, Mary and Martha. And a lot of people are busy, but they should be really focusing on what, on actually sitting at the feet of Jesus. And finally, about a, 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 a little black bird pecking at crumbs. But there were other birds around, and they just, and the bird was like, why didn't you come and join me? That sort of sense. But the Lord was like saying, take the bread to the other birds. 
were waiting for people to come to, into the church or to come and hear the word. Why don't you take the word to them? Amen. The prayer team, uh, the ministry team, um, if you'd like to come out, um, if any of these words pertain to you and you just want to come and receive prayers, please feel free to come as we take the final song. God bless you.